Ni hao, and welcome back to the Panda Cup Stories podcast, stories told in Mandarin Chinese and English. Thanks everyone for your patience. I'm happy to be back after this moving break, although I'm actually still at my parents' house in Augusta. Um, our move up to New York was slightly delayed by the nightmare that is finding New York apartments, but luckily we're moving up next week. Alright, so we ended our last episode on a bit of a sad note. May is presented with a terrible choice. Should she risk Kai's life by revealing her secret, or should she give up on becoming human? Oh, and what about that dastardly Shang, who is sneak listening in the shadowy corner of the cave? Today we find out in part 8 of Pearl, a Chinese mermaid story. Chapter 22, Another Way, Di Zhang, Ta Fa. Sha crouched, hidden in the shadows of the cave which had, until then, been May's secret. His right leg was cramping, yet his wicked heart cackled with glee. Who could have imagined that pretty wench had such secrets tucked away? So, the girl was an immortal, eh? Shah's mind whirled into action, forming a devious plan. The woman in blue had said, clear as day, that May's lover would have to accept her in all her strangeness. Hai would have to believe May's story. Well, Shah would just have to make sure that foolish boy couldn't believe her. Perhaps, Shah mused slyly, May might even be forced to use some of her magic before Hai. Ha! <laughs> How Sha would love to see that self-righteous boy perish. Either way, Sha gloated. That insufferable Hai would lose his precious May. Pleased with this thought, Sha slipped out of the cave, squeezing himself out through the gap in the stones. Night had fallen, and a dark cloud hid the moon from sight. Sha smiled a wicked smile and melted into a shadowless night. As Sha crept away into the darkest night, May sat frozen on the cold stone at the center of the cabin pool. Her sisters surrounded her still, graceful and silent. A faint shaft of moonlight filtered into the cave from the opening in the ceiling. The moon was waning. Elder sister raised her head to gaze at the sliver of moon. Sisters, it's time for us to return, she murmured. Eldest sister turned her gaze to May for one final time, smiling sadly at her youngest sister. You see why love between immortal and mortal beings are not meant to be. Regret laced spirals of blue into her words. The coral palace awaits you. Stay for four more moons, if you must, then you know what you must do. With these final words, she pressed a gentle kiss to May's forehead and melted back into the sea. One by one, May's older sisters kissed her and departed. Finally, only one sister remained by May's side. May's seventh sister drew close to her and pressed a kiss to her forehead just as the others had done. And then, Qijie, seventh sister, spoke. May, there may be another way. Another way? 
May asked, voice thick with unshed tears. Shida, seventh sister replied, another way. She gestured the eight bracelets May still wore and continued, Our eldest sister spoke true. Belief forced is not belief given freely. Love based on something forced cannot be what you wish it to be. Your high must accept you with an open and trusting heart, though in human love there are no guarantees. Here, May's seventh sister ran a finger down the jewels on May's wrist. But, she continued, when it comes to love, there are two hearts at play. Qijie rested her forefinger on the rose pearl, May's very own sea heart. There's another way to humanity, and it is this. Give him your haixin, your sea heart, instead. But May looked at her seventh sister with large, questioning eyes. But if I take off my heart, if I give it to Hai, won't I die? Yes, whispered Sister Seven. Yes, what we told you before holds true. Should any of these sea hearts leave your wrist, your connection to the sea, that which gives you life, will be broken. You will become as immobile as the stones you wear. However, Seven Sister continued, your young man, should his heart be true, well, miracles happen, often for mortals, and sometimes even for us. Seventh Sister's voice trailed off, her eyes distant as if lost in memory. Qijie, how do you know all of this? May asked, eyes searching Seventh Sister's face. Her sister smiled a little sadly before meeting her younger sister's eyes. I, too, fell in love with a mortal a long, long time ago. What I've just told you, a wise old woman once told me. Seventh sister touched May's cheek and continued, but I've already made my choice, though I sometimes wonder about the path I did not, was not brave enough to take. Sister Seven's voice faded just as the faint moonlight vanished behind a dark cloud. May opened her mouth to ask another question, but the last of her sisters had already vanished, melting back into the sea. May sat alone at the center of the cavern pool, thoughts swirling. Could she love completely bravely with no guarantees? She sat still until the dark cloud passed, until moonlight once again streamed into the cave from the opening above. Then she rose to her feet, finally standing on the flat rock at the center of the pool. She stepped off the rock, out into the pool, yet her feet did not touch water. Instead, smooth stones appeared where May's feet trod. As May continued to walk back across the cavern lake, she left a stone pathway in her wake white stones gleaming softly under dwindling moonlight. Chapter 23 The Arshisenjang Rumors Yao Yan Yao Yan A funny thing about rumors, once given breath, 
they take on a life of their own, spreading from ear to ear like worms made of smoke, burrowing in deep and sinking suspicious claws into the heart. A whisper here, a hint dropped there. Soon, the entire village was abuzz. See that girl there, her head in the clouds? Does anyone actually know where she came from? I heard she was a rich man's concubine who fell out of favor. Yes, see those shining baubles she wears around her wrist. What do you make of that? She stole them, if you ask me. How else could a simple maiden possess such fineries? Goodness, a thief as well. Shah watched the rumors spread with glee. He had been careful, dropping suggestions into welcoming ears. These days, villagers cast pitiful looks at Hai, murmuring to each other when they passed him on the streets. Poor boy, to end up with a temptress like that. Why, he knows nothing of her past. He can't possibly give her the treasures she desires. It's only a matter of time before she leaves him for richer pastures. Hai went about his work, heading out to the sea each morning and bringing his catch to market each day. He acted as if he heard nothing of the rumors, which spread virus-like through the sleepy village. Yet now, when he and they walked together, Hai could see both men and women casting dark looks their way. The village children had a new rhyme to sing as well. It went something like this. Beauty and her fool, beauty and her fool, keep not a bird from flight. Beauty's fool, best say goodbye. Hai never said a word. Yet, when he passed whispering villagers on the street, the tips of his ears glowed red. If she really loved him, she'd give him one of those expensive baubles. The villagers hissed behind their backs. Give him a pearl to prove your heart. Chapter 24, the Arshisijang. Please believe, May and Hai sat down to dinner. Hai had caught a bushel of oysters that day, and May cooked them in a pot of sea water, flavoring the succulent meat with sea salt. May watched as Hai's chopsticks lifted a mouthful of rice. He said nothing as he ate, his eyes fixed on the bowl before him. Sensing May's gaze, Hai paused and met her eyes with his own. Hai, she began, voice softened with hesitation. You hear what the villagers say? Hai colored slightly, but kept silent. Have you nothing to ask me? May's fingers played nervously with the bangles around her wrist. Hai seemed to be gathering his thoughts. Finally, he spoke. His words forming a single question. May, are you happy? Surprise flickered across May's face. She had expected him to ask, perhaps about the bracelets, perhaps about her past. Yet this, she had not expected this. May reached for Hai's hand. Her bracelets clinked. His fingers lay motionless beneath hers. Two hands, one small one large, one darkened by sun and calloused by sea, the other slender and light. Hai stared at their hands, mistaking May's silence for denial. 
Perhaps I am a fool to keep you here if in your heart you do not wish to stay. I rushed on, words tumbling out before May could respond. I am but a fisherman, and a poor one at that. A fisherman I will always be. If it is me you choose, then I am the happiest boy you will meet. But can you ever truly be happy with a poor fisherman like me? Of course, hi, of course. May cried happily, relief pouring like sunshine into her heart. I would accept her, she just knew he would. She opened her mouth to speak, but it was Hai who spoke first. If you don't need wealth to be happy, Hai said, searching May's eyes with his own. Can you show me? Those bracelets you wear, could you give them up? Leave them to the sea and wear them no more, if I am truly enough for you. Hai felt his face grow hot, the tips of his ears burning bright. His heart pounded with hope and with fear. The sunshine which had flooded May's chest blotted out. Storm clouds gathered in the skies outside. I, May faltered, heart sinking. I saw May's hesitation and doubt blanketed his own heart. From his pocket, he took two copper coins. The very same coins he had shown to May as they walked on the beach many moons ago. Hai placed them on the table. The coins clinked dully against the wood. Metal symbols and shining stones. These I cannot give you. You want, you deserve more. One day you'll no longer wish to stay. And if you are to leave, I'd rather it be today. Words spoken, Hai rose to his feet and turned toward the door. His hands were clenched, his nails digging into his palm. The pain barely registered compared to the sharp ache in his heart. He was giving May her freedom. It was time for him to walk away, no matter how much it hurt. Stinging heat swept up from May's chest and into her cheeks. Hot tears gathered behind her eyes. Desperate, she called for Hai to wait, to listen to her, please. May spoke to him her words tangling and tripping over themselves, of her palace of coral and jade. She spoke of her seven sisters and their warnings. She begged him to remember the rose carp he had once saved, the one he had once told her about. Gazing imploringly into Hai's eyes, they cried, Hai, that was me. Please, please believe. Alright friends, that's our story for the week. Sorry to leave you on a bit of a cliffhanger again. May has just revealed her identity to Hai, that she was the rose carp that he had once saved, and the youngest daughter of the Dragon King. Hai must believe her of his own accord in order for May to become human and stay on land. What will Hai do? Will he believe? Tune in next Saturday to find out more in part 9 of Pearl. A Chinese mermaid story. This episode was written and produced by Linda Yi. Chinese translations were provided by Zoe Lilla. Multiliteracy advice provided by Kevin M. Wang. And don't forget, if you want to read the bilingual transcript, you can find it in this episode's 
um, blog post which is listed in the show notes below. Alright, see you guys next week. 再见!